Where do I start? How do I train recall? How long should we work on healing before moving on? Is crate training really that important? We hear these questions all the time and there's one answer that will help with all of them. The complete step-by-step dog training course found at Standing Stone Supply. They break down the what, when, where, and how to train your own dog from eight weeks to one year old. They've got it all laid out for you down to even the daily activity checklist to keep you and your puppy on track. Check out standingstonesupply.com and remember to use code GDIY to save 10%. Being an upland hunter in the South nowadays unfortunately means a lot of travel to try and find birds for my dogs. This means it's even more important that my map scouting is reliable to justify the effort. This is where Onyx comes in. I can honestly say that Onyx directly impacts the level of success I find on my trips. Whether it's the private versus public land boundaries, the expanding number of unique layers and features by state, or the 3D mapping capabilities, my initial step in planning my hunting trip starts with Onyx. To know where you're going, you have to first know where you stand. Check out Onyx Hunt Maps and use code GDIY20 at checkout to save 20%. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. If I see a scene or see an opportunity, like I have that snapshot in my head, I know what that looks like, and I could tell somebody about it. Um, but I want to, I want to stop that moment in time. There's always something to debate or argue in the dog world, but there's this one thing that's not up for debate. All hunters and dog hunters know you need the right gear, not just for yourself, but for your dogs as well. Conkey's Outdoors Hound and Hunting Supply is your number one source for all things hound related. Conkey's is owned and operated by true houndsmen themselves. They've got you covered no matter the game you're chasing from hog hunting, bear hunting, and even gator hunting. Bird dog guys don't feel left out either. They have whatever you need, whether it's training collars, tracking collars, boots, chaps, vests, coats, and more. No matter what you and your dog needs to have a successful hunt, check out conkeysoutdoors.com and they'll get you on the right track. Purchases over $100 gets you free shipping and enter GDIY5 to save 5%. And if you're a Patreon patron, you get to save even more money. So be sure to check out Conkey's Outdoors. Welcome back to another week of GDIY, everybody. It's just me this week. Joe's actually at the hospital, officially becoming a dad. So congratulations to Joe. But he had a little bit more important things to do than come on and and talk to you guys and me. So uh, looking forward to... The hearing about that and hopefully everything went all right and mama and baby's doing good but uh yeah so just getting on here real quick we have a fun little episode with sam wells he's joining us this week to kind of talk to us the uh about hunting in the field with the shotgun and then hunting in the field with a camera because he he really likes to capture the moments and the hunts and the dogs and and just really the stories but you know what drives us all into the field is completely different my reasons can be completely different than yours but everybody has their different preferences and and what makes a memorable hunt for them and so uh you know, it's it's kind of difficult for a lot of people to uh, determine on whether they'd rather stop and take a picture or uh, 
really focus on shooting the bird. And and me personally, I suck at taking pictures in the field. I say it every year that I'm going to do a better job of capturing some of the memories with my dogs, and then I never do it. So uh, Sam kind of breaks it down and and uh, his thoughts on the matter, and as well as some of equipment and how you can kind of break into. Uh, learning how to take better pictures and photography and uh, it's not as expensive as what you would think and uh, yeah so nice little interesting perspective but i uh, hope you guys enjoy that and i actually just got back from south carolina for thanksgiving visiting some family hope everybody had a great thanksgiving i was i was actually able to steal away for a couple hunts out there me and the girls went out and chased the uh the quail out in south carolina and proved to be just as elusive as they are out here in Tennessee on public land. But the really a, a big difference that I saw in South Carolina is I actually ran into other hunters. So uh, I've been thinking, I, I really can't recall a time to where I've been out hunting in Tennessee uh, that I ran into any other hunters besides the guys that I went with. So it, it was kind of interesting. Every walk I did, I ran into uh, multiple groups of hunters, and, and what was really interesting is it was multiple generations hunting. So it was a lot of father son, and uh, one group there's rabbit hunters. There's three generations hunting in there, so that 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 was kind of neat to see uh, just how many people are getting out and enjoying uh, chasing these birds and and hunting dogs. It, it it was nice to see that it's not just uh, a few old timers, but you all, you have multiple generations getting out and enjoying it over a holiday weekend. And, and yeah, it, it just, it felt good to see that, but yeah, didn't come across any birds, uh, covered a lot of ground. The dogs worked great, but, uh, man, it, it, it was tough. It felt like I was just hunting Tennessee more, um, uh, you know, it, they had great cover. I went to a couple different WMAs and one that was specifically managed for quail and uh, just didn't come across anything. There was one spot that uh, Rachel slammed a point and Lucy slammed into a back and I just didn't get there fast enough. By the time I got there, Rachel had kind of softened up on her point and she was kind of looking off in one distance and I released her and, and her and Lucy both hightailed it over into that area but we could never find it so there may have been something there uh i just didn't see or hear it and it just took me too long to bust the brush to get over there and see what it was but you know hey that's that's hunting and i still enjoy getting it out getting out there and chasing them but uh man it'd be nice to actually be able to find some birds on these public grounds down here in the southeast it's it's tough you you really have to want it and you gotta put the miles on the boots but i'll be out there chasing them again next time and uh, yeah real quick we've had a number of people asking and getting on the uh notification list for our gdiy training camp we haven't even really kind of named it yet but uh we have i'm trying to link up with scott caldwell here soon to give out even more details but it looks like we officially kind of picked a weekend as of right now it's going to be april 23rd through the 25th so if you are interested in that we will have more details coming soon but be sure to send me your your name and uh information so i can get you on the list because it is going to be a limited number of people that can do it uh it, it'll be people and your dogs will will be there for sure so uh 
you know, with it being limited, you definitely need to let me know that you're interested so that you can be one of the first ones to uh, be told about it. So we'll have uh, more information about that coming up soon. And then next thing, uh, I guess we can just go ahead and knock out this tip of the week. Um, So we had Robert Barrett. He shot me a note a week or two ago, and he said what he... Everybody talks about taking their first aid kits out in the field and everything, but uh, one thing that he's sure to keep in his first aid kit are a pair of tweezers. Uh, he finds that when you get a thorn in the pad or or anything like that, it's uh, a lot easier to get the thorn out of the, the dog's pad than trying to get it out with a knife or your fingernails or, or whatsoever and you know i i keep a pair of tweezers in my first aid kit in the truck but i don't carry them in the field with me and then heck this past week in south carolina rachel got a thorn in her uh pad and i sit there with my fingernails trying to get it out for a good five minutes and i sat there thinking like man if i listen to robert i'd have tweezers in my uh, first aid pack so you know something light and small to throw in and it's a good little tip so uh i'm definitely going to throw that in my first aid pack and, uh, yeah, if you have anything else like that or training tips or just gear related, shoot them to us, give it to us tips of the week. Um, we'll get it out there and share that information. Everybody can keep, uh, learning from each other. So, uh, with all that being said, I'm not going to go on too much longer. The same old, same old, you know, follow us on Instagram and Facebook under gundog it yourself Look for us under Patreon at patreon.com forward slash gundog it yourself. If you want to shoot us an email uh, with tips of the week, criticism, suggestions, ideas, whatever, uh, shoot it to us at gundog it yourself at gmail.com. And with that being said, we'll get to the episode with Sam and we'll talk to you next week. Picture this. You just finished a long day's hunt or a long day in the training field grooming your next champion. You've run through your entire string of dogs in anticipation for the next fall. You think the day's over. It's not, though. Your day's not over until you let that ugly dog hunt. No hunting or training session is complete without capping it off with one of the spirits from Ugly Dog Distillery. They're Michigan-raised and purebred handcrafted spirits. They have everything you need from vodka and gin to your more traditional after-hunt choice Kentucky bourbon. Head on over to UglyDogDistillery.com to check availability within your state. And if you have an upcoming event that's alcohol-friendly, then be sure to reach out to us and see if we can add another Ugly Dog to the lineup. We'll tell you right now, we aren't much on flavored whiskeys, but you have to try their peanut butter whiskey. Unlike other peanut butter whiskeys out there, Ugly Dogs is made with real Kentucky bourbon and not just grain alcohol with syrup. So after your next hunt or a long day of testing and you're trying to decide what to drink, reach for the bottle with Ruger, the German wire hair pointer on it. It was handcrafted by people just like us, dog people. Every adventure starts somewhere. Make sure yours includes an ugly dog at your side. Explore responsibly. If you're currently in the market for a kennel, then be sure to check out Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels is the only kennel that's five-star crash rated from the Center for Pet Safety. The double-wall rotomodal construction ensures it holds up in all types of weather and conditions. Also, Gunner Kennels has a lifetime warranty. These kennels are built to last a lifetime, and Gunner stands behind that. Gunner also has all the accessories you could need from fan kits to help keep them cool, performance and orthopedic pads to help keep them comfortable and ready to go after long travels, and even tie-down straps to help ensure there's no worries for the kennel moving or sliding around in your truck. So if you need man's best kennel for man's best friend, 
head on over to gundogityourself.com and click on the gunner link. Be sure to purchase your kennel, accessories, and even gift cards for holidays and birthdays through our link, and it will go a long way in helping out the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back. We have Mr. Sam Wells on the line today. Sam, how you doing? I'm doing good, sir. How about yourself? Uh, living the dream as always. So uh, go ahead and start off by telling everybody where you're from and kind of how you got into the gun dog world and, and what you run and hunt and all that fun stuff. Yeah, so um, I live in Overland Park, Kansas, a um, little suburb just uh, south of Kansas City. Um, moved up here a couple of years ago uh, for my first job out of college and uh, have just really loved it ever since. Um, my wife and I, uh, we really like the, the pace of life up here and uh, just kind of um, all the things Kansas has to offer. Um, for me, it's, a, it's kind of a sportsman's paradise for a guy that likes to do a lot of hunting, uh, you know, when it comes to upland waterfowl and, and big game, uh, it's, it's hard to beat. Um, so really like Kansas and, um, I really got into, to gun dogs, um, very recently, actually, um, uh, just last year, I got my first pup and, um, had joined up with a group of guys that were nice enough to, to ask me to come out and, uh, do some upland hunting with them. And, um, that's kind of, kind of what got me back into upland hunting. I did some as a, as a kid when I was young with my dad and my uncle and, uh, some quail hunting and, and, uh, always loved it. Um, but growing up in East Texas, kind of the, uh, the opportunities are few and far between for upland birds. So, yeah. um, got back into it, um, here just in the last year or two and, uh, just have fallen in love with it again. Um, and especially now having my own dog, uh, just the, just the joy of being in the field and, and watching them learn and, and fail and succeed and, and, uh, and, and everything that goes with that has just been a blessing, um, so far this year for me. Um, so it's been, been really cool. And, um, I, uh, I have a Deutsch Strathar, so I'm, I'm one of those, one of those Strathar guys. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Jaeger is his name. Uh, he's about 15 months old now, so he's still, still a pup, still learning and still figuring things out. But, uh, it's just been, it's been so much fun getting to, to see him learn and grow and, uh, and, just it's been it's been a great great time to have a bird dog especially around the house and uh you know my wife loves him and it's uh it's hard to beat so yeah very happy yeah awesome so when you're growing up with your dad and uncle down in texas did y'all have any dogs down down there or were y'all just foot hunting and walking them up no we uh so we hunted in oklahoma and uh my uncle had a had an english setter um and then he ended up getting a pointer so, uh, my dad thought it was a good idea to get a pointer. Um, so we had, we had two pointers in a setter, uh, running around in Oklahoma, uh, out in the wide open. And this is before, you know, uh, you know, tracking collars and everything else. So, uh, you know, I just remember, you know, being a little kid out there with my youth, uh, my, my youth model eight seventy and seeing a dog go on point, you know, a mile away, it seemed like, and, you know, my uncle's six, four and, you know, my dad's a you know, pretty thick guy and, you know, they just take off running towards the dogs to get on the point. And, uh, there's, there's 10 year old Sam lagging behind just trying to, trying to make it. But those are, uh, those are fond memories I have, um, you know, eating in little diners out in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of sparked my, uh, that was really the first hunting I ever did. So really just kind of sparked my passion for, for hunting and the outdoors and, and, uh, fresh air. So, um, yeah, we had, we had a pointer and that was, uh, that was an interesting time. And, uh, that dog, she was something else. Um, she was a good bird dog, but, 
you couldn't keep her contained. Uh, we had a we had a six foot wooden privacy fence, and she'd climb out of that thing. And <laughs> then my dad built a kennel in the backyard, and uh, she would climb out of that. So we had to put a roof on it. And uh, so yeah, she ended up going to to live at my grandparents' farm, where she could run and exercise all she needed. But uh, cool dog, but definitely uh, definitely kind of solidified early in me that a pointer might not be for me personally. <laughs> so, so a pointer wasn't for you. You didn't like the speck a mile away when you're out hunting, but, uh, yeah. but why, why dry it? What made you want to go the dry route? So I, uh, I hunted with a guy, one of the, one of the guys that asked me to, you know, come out with him uh, when I moved here to Kansas, he has a, he has a draught and, uh, that's actually the, the female that, that my dog is from, um, Dan Rowe is his name and, um, just watching her, um, hunt and just, you know, just a cool looking dog. Um, she's, uh, she's, I have a black draught and, uh, she's black as well. And just, uh, just that, you know, wiry coat and the beard and everything else. And, you know, coming from hunting with labs and, and, uh, and then a pointer for Upland, all my buddies had labs, you know, waterfowl hunting growing up, just, uh, you know, hearing that a dog could do both, uh, was, was really kind of intriguing for me. Um, and just, just seeing her demeanor and kind of the way that she hunted and how methodical she was and, um, you know, the way that she would track pheasants and, uh, everything else. It just kind of really put it, uh, in my head that, man, that's a, that's a, that's a cool dog breed. Um, and then hearing about the testing and everything else, I was like, okay, this is, you know, this is legit. Uh, so, um, that's kind of what got it going for me. And then, uh, when Dan decided to, to have a litter of pups with, with Macy and, um, you know, we were, we were friends, we'd go to events and stuff together, like pheasant forever banquets and everything else. And he would bring his pups, you know, to, to all these events. And of course my wife, she's just losing it. Um, and, uh, you know, all it took for was for us to hold, uh, to hold, hold one of the pups one time. And, uh, we very quickly decided, uh, one night at home that we needed one and, and the rest is history. So, yeah. <laughs> I hear you. So I know that you do your fair share of big game hunting too, but have you used him or, or thought about training him up for some blood tracking? Are you using that element of the drought side or not? So this is, uh, it's interesting. You mentioned training. Um, he has done blood tracks and has had zero training. Um, so it, it's, it's pretty incredible. I was at a, I was at a, uh, a, tr- a training day, so to speak, uh, with, with a friend of mine who also has a draught and, uh, they were like, Hey, we're going to go lay out a blood trail. Uh, if you guys want to, if you guys want to do it. And we're like, Oh, sure. You know, and, uh, we take our dogs out there and they lay a flesh, you know, fresh blood track. Uh, and Jaeger was, he wasn't even, he was probably nine months old at the time and, you know, hook him up to the little harness and put him on the blood and there he goes and, you know, tracks it right out. And, uh, that one was only like 300 yards, but, um, you know, over some terrain changes and it was, you know, it was, it, it blew me away. And I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is really neat, you know, and it was something I was excited to see in a, in a young dog. And, uh, you know, I, I shot a deer last year and didn't hit it where I should have. And, uh, had a guy come out with a draught actually, and he helped me, helped me track it and locate it. Um, so I knew that that was something that they were capable of. Um, and actually on Halloween night this year, uh, my buddy shot a buck. We were actually out duck hunting and he went deer hunting and, uh, he shot a buck and, uh, felt like the hit might've been a little low. So we let the deer lay all day. Um, and then got Jaeger out on the blood track, um, that night. And, uh, he just, he tracked it right out for, uh, well over a mile. 
Um, and, uh, it was just incredible to see and, um, just learning to trust my dog too. That's something I'm, I'm still learning as a new dog owner, even, you know, when it comes to bird hunting and then things like blood tracking too, you know, he would, he'd peel off from this cover and you're like, there's no way in heck the deer went through there. You know, I just, I'm not buying it. So I'd take him back to last blood and put him back on it. And there he'd go again. And I was like, yeah, he went the same way. And I was like, well, I I guess I'm going to just keep going with you. And sure enough, then we'd find blood. And, uh, you know, I was like, all right, well, you, you know what you're doing. So I'm just going to follow you. Trust the hunter with the longest nose is what I always say. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, definitely taking advantage of the versatility a little bit. So. Yeah, no, I mean, especially with Drots, these versatile dogs, they're nuts. I mean, it's amazing what these dogs can do without any training. You just kind of give them an opportunity and they may not do everything perfectly, but it's in their genetics somehow. And your blood tracking experience is a perfect example of that. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's been a few times now where I've, I've realized that, like, if I just give him the opportunity to do something, he will he will figure it out. Um, and it's going to take reps and it's going to take practice. Uh, but you know, training so much is not as much of a part of it as, as it really is just learning on the fly, you know, just yep. kind of getting in the game, so to speak, and, and letting him go about his business and, and do what he's made to do. So it's been, been really neat. Absolutely. So with this being your first dog and, you know, I, I can't get you on and not talk about training a little bit and what, what your journey was like figuring out how to train your first dog, walk us through that and how, how you really kind of downloaded that information and how, what, what have you gone about, uh, so far in this journey? Yeah. So, um, I guess starting, you know, kind of day one, I, uh, I, I really babied him to be honest. I, uh, I didn't, I didn't really start with anything too crazy too soon. Um, you know, just basic obedience stuff. Um, uh, you know, sitting when I would feed him at night and, you know, making him wait until I gave him, you know, the okay command to, to eat his food as a little puppy and, you know, um, you know, working on getting in his kennel and things like that. But, uh, I did the clicker training. Uh, I thought that was really helpful. Um, you know, just, I had heard a lot of good things about that and um, it definitely seemed to kind of help him put the, the pieces of the puzzle together, um, you know, for, especially for just basic obedience stuff. Um, so that went well. And then uh, kind of moving on to the, to the bigger stuff um, really I had in mind for, for his, uh, for his, his puppy test was, you know, really just kind of getting him out and uh, letting, letting him experience, you know, kind of, being by himself, um, so to speak, and, you know, in the woods and the grass and things like that. And, uh, you know, bought a few rabbits for him to track and all that good stuff. So just, you know, some of those things that part of the puppy test, uh, for the, for the draughts is, you know, pointing and, um, and the rabbit track is obviously a big, a big component of it. Um, so, you know, field search, just doing those things, like I said, not, not so much training, but just kind of doing what I knew was going to be, you know, asked of us and, uh, and letting him kind of, kind of figure it out. Um, and, uh, after the puppy test, I'm really, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, that was it. I mean, it was, uh, it was fun. Uh, one, one afternoon, uh, Dan, he kept the pup out of the litter as well. Uh, my breeder and he called me and was like, Hey, I got two ducks. Uh, you want to, you want to come over? And I was like, Oh yeah. What do I, you know, sure. What are we going to (laughs) do? And, uh, you know, he clips the wings and puts the ducks out on this little pond that he has access to. And, 
and uh, Jaeger and his sister, Abby, and they, I mean, for an hour swam around just chasing the duck, you know, and uh, just trying to catch it. And it was, it was cool just to see them like build that prey drive. And, uh, and then, you know, leading on to our test day for the HCP, um, their search behind the duck was like two of the highest scores of the entire weekend. And I was like, you know, you could kind of put the pieces together, like that little fundamental thing that we did when they were puppies to, to on test day is like, Oh wow. Like they are not scared to swim across a body of water, um, and back and forth and all over the place for 10, 15 minutes at a time, you know, searching for a duck. Um, so that, that was really neat to see, but as far as training goes, I mean, force fetch was, was huge. Um, I think I've heard the saying, uh, there's, there's those that, uh, force fetch their dog, uh, for the HCP. And then there's those that fail. So, uh, that, that's kind of, <laughs> kind of what I had heard. So, uh, you know, force fetch was, was very important. Um, uh, and I relied heavily on you guys for that, um, uh, listening to your, your episodes about force fetch and, and then, uh, talking with you a little on the side, just, you know, trying to get some insight was very helpful. Um, so, you know, starting with, starting with the, uh, you know, the glove and then my, my, my hand in the glove and then the wooden dowel. And then, you know, uh, just like you guys talked about just all kinds of weird things. I mean, I, uh, there's a picture of him holding the hatchet that I use when I go camping and just, uh, just whatever I could, you know, get my hands on. And then, uh, you know, it was, we've talked about this offline, but it's, it's just funny to see them be able to do something on the table and then ask them to do the same thing where they have to take three steps. And suddenly that's like, (laughs) we're starting from scratch. And uh, I was just blown away. You take them off a table and you put them on the ground and it's like, we we never done this before. Like what is fetch? (laughs) What do you want me to do? And it's like, you did it just three feet higher. Like wait, just do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm standing in grass now. I can't. So that was, that was comical and, and just working through that and, uh, you know, managing my expectations and, and being patient. Um, but man, I mean, really at the end of the day, I think everybody knows this, it has a bird dog, but, uh, they teach you as just as much as you teach them. I'm, I'm by far a more patient level headed man than I was, uh, before I got one. Uh, that's for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, but, but yeah. And then, I mean, really most of the training that, that we did was, very, uh, test specific for the HCP. Um, just because for droughts, you know, after he passed that he's breed certified. Um, so, um, you know, rabbit drags, uh, duck drags, um, you know, uh, search behind the duck. Um, and then the blind retrieve was kind of like the biggest thing for us that probably took the most work. Um, you know, his nose is incredible and he definitely, tracks really well. So, um, getting to the duck and then getting to the rabbit was no issue. And then once he was force fetched, obviously, um, him bringing it back was, you know, he picked up on that really quick and, you know, kind of what I was asking of him, but, uh, getting a dog to swim across the water, uh, when they can't see what it is you want them to go after, uh, proved to be difficult for us. So, um, you know, that was, that was probably our biggest hurdle. Um, but, it was, it was good. Cause we, we learned a lot about each other and, you know, I, uh, I will admit I got real frustrated one day and, um, you know, just couldn't get him to get in the water and swim in a straight line. And I just could not figure it out. And, uh, so I picked, picked him up and tossed him right in. And, uh, and, uh, my wife was there and she, she was mad at me and he was mad at me. And, uh, he didn't, he didn't look at me for like a week. I thought I ruined him. <laughs> 
And uh, my wife didn't look at me for a week either. So uh, th- those are just <laughs> things that, yeah, like I look back on now and I'm like, man, what, that was so unnecessary. Uh, but, you know, next bird dog I get, obviously, as I'm training it, like if it doesn't want to go in the water, then, you know, I know now let's uh, let's put a bucket and a pile of bumpers on the other side and let's yep. let's go back to step step B, you know, instead no. of trying to go from A straight to Z. And, and, and we've all had to learn that lesson at some point. It's just like you, you're in the moment and you let your frustrations get the better of, of you. And, and what you end up doing is it's counterproductive because you're, you're not going to get any quality of work going that route. But it, it's not until you really make those mistakes and you see it take place of how counterproductive it is that you realize like, okay, I have to keep my emotions in check here. And then, you know, that's why it's always good to have a training partner when, because sometimes you can't, you don't even realize how mad you're getting sometimes. And if you got a good buddy or like your wife out there with you, like, Hey, you need to calm down, put the dog up, you know, it goes a long way, but that's that's the last thing that we want to hear or think about when you're in the moment like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, definitely had lots of, uh, training partners through, through this process. Uh, one of my good friends and good hunting buddies, um, he has a drought as well from a different, different litter and a different breeder, but we tested on the same weekend. And then my breeder, obviously I trained with a lot cause he's local here in Kansas city and, uh, we tested on the same day. So, uh, lots of help, lots of resources. And, and that's one thing I will say is like, if you, if you're training a, a dog, you know, whether it's a drought or, you know, any, any bird dog, I, uh, I think gone are the days of like, I don't, I don't have anyone to help me. You know what I mean? I think, uh, I think there's just so many resources out there and, you know, um, so much help to be, to be had, uh, you know, and, and don't be scared to send a DM to somebody or, you know, find somebody's email and email them or call them or whatever. Yeah. Um, because everything that I found is people are just so willing to help. Um, that's, that's kind of been a, a cool thing to see in the bird dog community, uh, you know, for myself. And then also just the, the, the Deutsch Strathart community as a whole has just been super receptive, super helpful, and, uh, just very willing to like help you get the most out of your dog. So that's, that's been really cool to see. No, absolutely. So, so, we we just touched on like a crash course on what you've been training and everything. What do you, what are you chasing with him now? What's your favorite thing to uh, to hunt with him? Is it just waterfowl or are you are you after the pheasant and quail? You know which one do you prefer going after with Jaeger? Yeah, so we uh, we started the year in, in Wyoming uh, for sage grouse, and that was that was really cool um, putting him on the ground out there. He's a, he's a hard charging dog, and uh, you know he was he was you know, 150 yards away from me pretty quick and just out there getting after it. And then, uh, he, he pretty quickly realized that that was tough terrain and he needed to, to rein it in a little if he was going to hunt for three full days. Uh, so that was an awesome experience and, um, you know, seeing him try to figure those birds out was really cool. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then we, we hunted ducks, uh, after that starting in October and then our Kansas upland season just started, um, last weekend on, on November 14th. So, um, it's a toss up yet. Yeah, what I'm enjoying the most, uh, obviously for the duck hunting stuff, you know, that's a little, uh, it's not easier, but it's uh, a little more in his wheelhouse for, for what he knows to do right now. Um, and then obviously, you know, people that have pointing dogs, they understand this, like, uh, you know, getting a dog to point is one thing, but getting a dog to be steady until you get there is another thing. So, yeah. 
Um, and, and just, uh, like last night we went out and hunted a couple fields real quick. And, um, you know, I just watched him get really birdie and, you know, I was like, Oh, maybe he's mousing around. Maybe he's not, I don't know. And then, you know, he's just doubling back and forth and, you know, tails going crazy nose to the ground. And, uh, you know, I kind of quit watching him, uh, so much and was kind of going about my business. And, and then all of a sudden I hear a rooster get up right behind him. And I was like, well, dang, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things just kind of learning to, to watch him and see how he hunts. But, um, you know, I just think that bird doubled back on him and, you know, he never, he never locked it down or pointed it or anything, but just, uh, just me recognizing like, okay, this is, this is, this is what he's doing. And this is, this is a good sign, you know? Um, and then we got into a covey of quail and same thing, you know, he was running along and then kind of got birdie and then all of a sudden there they go. And, you know, uh, just, just him learning to, to kind of know how close he can get and, you know, what, what, what smell means, you know, means what and everything else. And, um, I'm just having a ball watching him figure that out. And, uh, and also me try to figure him out, you know, but, um, as far as the duck hunting goes, he's, he's been a pleasure to hunt with. Um, he's steady to, to shot, you know, I have him on his play stand and he doesn't, he doesn't go till I say fetch, which is a big thing for me, just as far as safety goes, um, yeah. you know, and just to have the peace of mind to know that like, you know, my dog's not swimming around in the decoys when people are trying to clean up cripples or anything else. And, um, the first time we duck hunted, obviously he, got out there and started trying to retrieve decoys to me. And I'm like, Hey buddy, that's, that's not what we're after. But, um, after he got a few ducks in his mouth, he, he figured it out and yeah, he learned. Um, and kind of the biggest thing there is watching him start to mark birds and watch birds has been really cool. And, um, you know, the season has been so weird. It's been so warm here and warm everywhere really. And, uh, we just don't have a lot of ducks in the area right now. So I've been kind of more focused on the, the upland stuff, but, uh, but yeah, I, it's a toss up right now, but like I said, I, I think from a watching your dog work standpoint, um, yeah, upland hunting is probably, probably what I'm enjoying the most with him. And, and I think once he starts to put all the pieces together and starts locking down those roosters that are running on him and, and, uh, you know, holding tight on cubbies of quail, I, I think that's going to be, that's going to take the cake for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can, I can definitely understand and relate to that. So, you know, we've already touched on you kind of you're kind of a jack of all trades with big game training your dog upland waterfowl. You kind of do a little bit of everything. But, but uh, you know, now it's time to get into what we had you on to talk about, you know, by trade, you're a photographer. And uh, so, you know, let, let's just start off with what made you want to get into photography and, you know, how did you turn it into a career? And more specifically, how did you get turn it into uh, taking the pictures that you're taking of with the outdoors and your hunting and, and preserving those memories. Yeah. Um, so I really just, uh, it's like my junior or senior year of high school. I just, uh, kind of wanted to, to get a camera just cause, uh, by that point in my life, I was, I was really the only person in my family that hunted and, you know, I would, would go out and deer hunt and, you know, duck hunt with my buddies and, you know, do everything that I could do out in the woods. Um, anytime I could. And I just wanted to like, try to try to document that and share that. So I could show, you know, my mom, and dad, what I was up to, or, you know, um, show my grandparents and, you know, uh, show my friends and have photos to share with them. And that I don't even know, like, I think I might've had an Instagram then, but like, I don't even know if that was really a, a, that much of a thing yet. So, um, but you know, just, just stuff like that. And, you know, me and my, me and my friends, you know, we'd make little, 
little videos going out hunting and, you know, hog hunting in Texas and just things like that. So it was more of just a, something to do to just another piece of gear to carry around. Really. I've, I've always been a gear guy and it's like, well, if I can add this to the, my backpack then cool deal, you know? So, yeah. uh, I think that's kind of where it started, but then I realized like, Hey, this is, uh, this is pretty sweet. And, uh, you know, kind of found that I had an eye for it, so to speak. And, um, you know, I think, I don't know a lot of photographers that aren't like bad at it when they first start, but you know, over time kind of, kind of started, you know, seeing what was good, seeing what wasn't learning how to use a camera, um, learning how to use the settings to your advantage and figuring everything out. And, um, that's kind of what led me into where I'm at today. Um, I work full time for Chama chairs. Um, I'm the content manager and work with social media and everything, but, um, you know, I don't, uh, I don't necessarily shoot photos for a living, but, but photography and, and content and, and creative has kind of led me to, to what I do now. Um, and then, you know, the photography stuff that I do on the side is just, a an added bonus and something that I'm really passionate about and, um, really kind of helps me enjoy my time in the field even more and getting to share, uh, you know, photos with my friends and, of their achievements or, you know, just a day out in the field by myself, with my dog and being able to, to get home and, you know, show my wife or my mom, you know, what, uh, <laughs> what Jaeger has been up to or, you know, whatever is, uh, is kind of a, a really cool blessing. And, and I just scrolling through my phone earlier today, just looking at photos and documenting everything is, is really cool to look back on and, you know, uh, send a text to a buddy and be like, Oh, you remember this, you know, this duck hunt from, you know, 2015 in, in Oklahoma when the whole pond was frozen over and yep. we had to go to Walmart to buy an ax and a sledgehammer <laughs> to open up a hole, you know, it's like without that, you know, that memory probably isn't as, as sharp. So that's, uh, yeah. that's kind of what I enjoy the most. Yeah. Well, and you know, everybody that gets into this world, whether, you know, whether you're a dog guy or not, you know, just say you're a, a waterfowl hunter or upland, you know, we all have for different reasons. It's, it's a passion for all of us for, you know, everybody can have their different reasons for it, but we all want to preserve certain memories. And I, I know me, my, for myself, every year I tell myself I'm going to do better about taking pictures every year. I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm going to forego the shot on the bird to get a better picture of my dog on point. I'm, I'm going to do it. And then I swear to God, my, my brain just turns off when the dog goes on point. I never even think about pulling out a camera or my phone and if i do it's just horrible cell phone grainy picture or whatever <laughs> uh but you know it, it i think all a lot of us because we love the outdoors and we love our dogs and what goes into it a lot of us can relate to wanting to capture those memories a little bit better and so you know i, I know a lot of people after years of doing this, they start leaning towards wanting to take better pictures and getting their own photography set up and, and cameras and all that stuff. So, you know, talking to somebody who's brand new that may maybe want to start going that way and take more pictures or just even better pictures than what you get on your basic iPhone or whatever, you know, what are the basics that someone brand new should consider when wanting to try it out? You know, what, what do we need to learn just for a foundation to start off with? Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a lot of good options out there. And, um, I would say, um, I mean, I, I think I've only bought like one or two brand new cameras, honestly. Uh, there's a lot of good used equipment out there. Um, especially like if you can find a, a wedding photographer or somebody that babies their stuff, that's, uh, looking to upgrade or whatever you can, you can find some great stuff that way. But, uh, 
uh, Facebook Marketplace is a great resource. Um, I, I purchased quite a few things off there. Um, and then really, I mean, you just need, uh, you know, a basic, a basic, you could do a DSLR, um, nowadays with all the advancements and mirrorless cameras, um, you know, people are upgrading to those and you can find a, a gently used, you know, DSLR on Facebook marketplace and they're very affordable, um, but still produce a great image. And, um, you know, you can get a $150, um, 50 millimeter 1.8 lens off of Amazon and have it at your door in two days. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of what I carry around a lot. Um, just a little 50 millimeter lens. It's small, it's compact. I can clip it on my bird vest and it's not in the way I can shoulder my gun around it. Um, so really those are the basics, you know, just get, just get a lens that you're comfortable with. Um, you know, a prime lens that, you know, you can use in a lot of situations and scenarios, um, and then a camera that, that, you know, you can afford, um, and, and start learning the basics. Uh, I started with a $320, uh, DSLR from, from Walmart with a kit lens, you know what I mean? And, but, um, it taught me how to use, you know, manual settings and taught me how to figure out what ISO is and shutter speed and, you know, uh, how all those settings play together and, and, uh, and everything else. So, um, by no means do you need a, a fancy pro setup to go out and, and capture photos that you're proud of. Um, so uh, I think, I think just do a little, little digging and, you know, on, uh, on Facebook or, you know, eBay or, you know, Craigslist even, and, and uh, you can find some really affordable gear that will, will get you going for sure. So, so you're saying that you're really kind of experience and knowledge is, is more important than the level of gear that you have. Uh, where, where can we go and how can we go about like trying to download some of that information that you're talking about, the manual settings, the shutter speeders at one of those just trial by, by fire, just go out there and start taking pictures and seeing what works and what doesn't and just process of elimination. Is that, is that the best way to do it? Yeah. I, uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I learned and, and a lot of people that, that, uh, that, you know, have been doing it longer than I have. That's, you know, that's how they learn. Um, but I will, I always say, uh, YouTube university is, is undefeated. I mean, you can, (laughs) you can learn anything you want on there. And, uh, there's so many great resources out there and, and, uh, definitely don't like put yourself in a silo, you know, don't, don't look up like how to take great hunting photos, you know, like look up how to take great portraits, look up how to, you know, uh, look up wedding photographers, YouTube videos, their recommendations, you know, things that they're using because, um, you know, those are the people that that spend more time behind a camera than, than anybody. So, uh, you know, there's, there's so much information out there, just like, just like the dog training stuff, you know, there's even more information about how to use a camera, you know what I mean? But, but at the end of the day, I mean, you could, you could watch a hundred hours of YouTube videos, but until you, have that camera in your hand and you're presented with an opportunity to take a photo and you know, things only last so long. Right. And you've got to be able to dial in the settings you want and, and make that happen. Um, and until you've done that, you know, a hundred times, that's, that's really where you kind of learned and, and, uh, start to kind of hone your craft. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, to people that just want to get started, I mean, get a, get a basic little setup and, and then, uh, watch, you know, watch some YouTube videos and, and uh, I think I think people will be really impressed with the level of quality that, you know, they'll come home with. And um, and honestly, at the end of the day, um, 
if you're just looking for, for images to share with your friends and to put on your Instagram, um, you know, my wife just got one of the new iPhones for work and I'm, I'm impressed with that thing. So, yeah. uh, you know, there's, 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 uh, things are coming a long way. And, uh, you know, I think, I think for a lot of people, uh, you know, gone are the days of having to have a, you know, you know, $1,500 setup to get photos that you're happy with, you know, out in the field. So, um, use what you got and, and just enjoy it. I, I think is the best advice I can give. Well, you know, you make a good point with the iPhone. I don't know what your experience level with is it, but a lot of people have iPhones. So do you know any tips or tricks with the iPhone? Because, you know, me personally, I just pull up camera and just auto mode, whatever it is, and just click. And is there something that, you know, could be very easily adjusted and you just get that slightly better picture than if I just hit it with auto mode? Yeah, that's a that is a good question. I'm not an iPhone photographer expert, uh, but but I mean, there's there's plenty of apps out there that um, you know help you edit those photos on the back end. That that uh, I think if if you put a little more time into the shot that you get, um, as far as editing it goes, and you know adjusting the the saturation or bringing out the shadows here a little bit, or you know toning down the highlights, you'd be impressed with with what you could come up with for sure. So take the picture and then church it up later. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, what, what are your opinions on GoPros? You know, you're seeing a lot more people out there in the field with GoPros because like you said, you have your camera on your vest, but a lot of people, they just like me, they don't want to stop hunting and get that yeah. opportunity on the bird, but they still want to capture it. So, you know, they'll kind of just use GoPros and either get a cool video or try and pull a snapshot off of that. Is there, is what's your experience level with GoPros? Have you messed with those at all? Yeah, I had one. Uh, I had one back in the day, and uh, my buddy and I were actually he was he was up here visiting from Dallas. He's a high school friend of mine, and we were hunting all weekend. And we uh, we pulled up some of our old uh, YouTube videos from back in the day, and uh, we were we were laughing at uh, at some of our work. And uh, I have a whole entire video that is uh, just a GoPro under my barrel while duck hunting, and. Uh, <laughs> I thought I was so cool, uh, but man, I missed a lot of ducks. So, uh, yeah, they're definitely, they're definitely, I mean, and, and they've come a long way since, uh, 2013 too. So, uh, I, I think it's a great option. I mean, especially for somebody that wants to like capture footage of, you know, them hunting and, and, um, shooting birds and, you know, their dog working and everything else. Uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's hard to beat. Um, you know, you can, you can wear them on your head, wear them on your hat so you can, you know, get video of your dog working, um, and, you know, on point as you're walking in. And then as you shoulder your gun and go to shoot, you can get, get all the shots and everything else. So, um, yeah, I think that's a, a good lightweight, easy, convenient option for people for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're out yourself in the field, uh, you have a preference one way or the other. Do you just look for moments of all kinds or do you have a preference? Do you, do you prefer taking pictures of the people hunting or the dogs or the birds, or is it just kind of, if the moment strikes you, you just go for it? Yeah. Um, I, I love dogs. I, I mean, I think, I think dogs, especially hunting dogs, um, while they're hunting have so much personality. Um, and I just have a lot of photos of like dogs in the field. Um, not even necessarily hunting, but you know, if I just get them to sit, you know, uh, with the light just right. I mean, those, those are some of my favorite shots, just capturing, you know, dogs in the field, doing what they do. Um, and just kind of like, you can just see it in their eyes, you know what I mean? They're just awesome animals. And 
uh, I think, you know, photos done properly of that are some of my favorite. Um, yeah, I enjoy shooting. I enjoy shooting photos of people. I mean, that's, um, you know, that's one of my favorite aspects of waterfowling. And then also upland hunting is, you know, the camaraderie, uh, being with other people, you know, the laughs cutting up, um, all that good stuff. So just trying to capture those moments. And then, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of what I do, there's not really any kind of rhyme or reason. It's just, if I see something that, that catches my eye, I try to try to do it justice, you know, and that's, uh, that's kind of how I think about it is if I, if I see a scene or see an opportunity, like I have that snapshot in my head, I know what that looks like and I could tell somebody about it. Um, but I want to, I want to stop that moment in time, you know, and, and, uh, and, and do it justice, like I said, and try to try to show somebody who wasn't there, you know, just how spectacular or just how pretty or just how miserable that, that moment was, you know, and, uh, I think that's the, the power of photography, but yeah, um, just documenting people and, and their dogs and, you know, um, scenery is, is also something I really enjoy. And, um, you know, it's all, if it's there to be shot, I'll, I'll, I'll typically, typically do it if it, if it strikes me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. So, so tell me what, what are some of your dream hunt or hunts? It doesn't, doesn't have to be upland or, or big game or whatever, you know, what, what, it, what are some of your bucket list hunts? And when you think about them, are you carrying a shotgun or a camera in your hand? Always before we get going, always a shotgun, always a shotgun. Okay. I, uh, All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not one of those guys. I, uh, I'm, I'm like you, if, uh, if the opportunity to shoot the bird is there, I'm, I'm definitely going to shoot the bird and then we can, <laughs> we can get the photo after. Um, uh, and you know, that'll probably change as I get older and, and, uh, go throughout my life, just like a lot of the, you know, kind of my hunting ethics and, and the ways that I think about hunting have, but, uh, but yeah, as far as dream hunts go, I definitely want to get up to, to the North woods and do woodcock and, and rough grouse up there. Um, uh, got a few buddies that live up that way and just seeing, you know, their pictures and, um, shout out to, to Levi Glines and his, uh, his draw, um, Ica, but he's, he does great work. Uh, if you get a chance to check his stuff out, but, uh, just, you know, Woodcock are awesome. Uh, I've hunted them here in Missouri. Um, and they're a fascinating little bird and quickly becoming one of my favorite things to hunt for sure. Um, but that, that would probably do it as far as, uh, as far as upland hunts go. Um, and then, um, you know, sharp tails out on the, on big prairie. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Just, you know, big wide open spaces and, and watching your dog work. Um, that that's high on the list as well. And then, um, as far as duck hunts go, um, and I, uh, I'll tell you, Kansas, Kansas is hard to beat. I mean, we got, we got mallards, we've got geese, we got, we got everything you could want, I think. So, uh, really just when the weather's right, uh, a good Kansas, uh, you know, mixed bag hunt is, is, you know, good for me. Uh, but as far as big game goes, I, I'd love to do elk and, uh, archery elk in Wyoming someday. Um, being in Wyoming for sage grouse, I was just blown away with the landscape up there and just, just really gorgeous state. So, um, that's kind of what I think about now and bought a preference point this year. So, um, eventually I might draw a tag. We'll see, but, uh, but that's high on my list. And then right now at the top of my list, my wife has a, a, a rifle mule deer, mule deer hunt here in Kansas, uh, next right. week. So that's, uh, that's actually my number one hunt I'm looking forward to. So going to get to spend a few days with her out in the field and, try to find a good buck for her and sleep in the back of the truck and eat some, uh, freeze dried meals and, and, uh, maybe even suffer a little. I hope it's really cold and, uh, 
I hope she has to stick through it and, and tough it out a little. So we'll see. But uh, nice. Yeah. And she's got her own little personal photographer for the whole trip, right? Exactly. There. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I will be documenting all the smiles and, and all the pouting as well. So I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I got to ask, are you just as bad as everybody else? You know, we over the years, everybody has these pictures and you alluded to it earlier. It's all on your phone and you're just scrolling through it are you just as bad about us as not printing off the pictures and maybe getting a good picture in a frame or hanging it up on a wall or, or is that a little bit different for you as well? Yeah, I'm so bad at it. It's uh, it's hard today when everything is digital and so yeah. accessible. Um, but uh, my mom, God bless her. She, she texts me all the time. It's like, Oh, I printed this photo. I'm, you know, I'm hanging it up in the house and I'm like, well, you're the only person who has <laughs> of, my, of my photos. So, you know, that's what moms are for. Right. But, uh, yeah. I, uh, my wife and I, we have these three big, uh, picture frames that we hung above our bed. And this is months ago when we moved into this house and, um, they're still empty. Uh, but they have kind of like a cool cardboard background with like a white border and then a black frame. And she's like, I kind of like it. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of, a. I don't know the word for it, but, uh, you know, it, it doesn't look bad, you know, yeah. uh, but the plan has always to be, uh, has always been to fill those, those frames with my photos. And, um, you know, when I was out in Wyoming, she had me like tasked to, to get specific images and, uh, and I got all of them and, uh, I don't know, she's, she's my toughest client. So maybe she's, just, you know, not as stoked on them as she, she led me on to believe, but, uh, yeah, we gotta, we gotta fill those someday. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The answer is no, everything is on my phone or on a, on a hard drive somewhere, unfortunately. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, man, I, I appreciate you making time and coming on talking about your passions and everything before I let you go, let everybody know where they can find you and scope out some of your work and, and the pictures that you take. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, on Instagram at sam.wells underscore. I believe that's my Instagram handle. Um, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, and then my website is just, uh, samwellsphotography.com. Uh, so yeah, um, do those are, those are the two main places and then, uh, do quite a bit of stuff. Like I said, I work for uh trauma chairs. So, um, that's kind of where you can see what I do day to day work wise. And then, uh, shoot quite a bit of photos for, uh, Gunner Kennels, as you know, that we yep. love Gunner. And then, uh, wilderness athlete is, a uh, is another one and canine athlete. Um, if you're looking for supplements for yourself and then also for your, uh, for your dog, that's a, that's a great place to look. Um, and then just really just, uh, just that's, those are the main places, but I just enjoy, enjoy shooting photos and, uh, and just trying to, trying to document my time in the field and, I will say that this year has been different for me. Uh, the other day, Jaeger was retrieving a green head and, you know, swimming back with this big mallard in his mouth and the sun was hidden just right. And, uh, and I gave me the chills and I, uh, my camera sitting on the shore and, you know, in my backpack. And I was like, I should probably be taking a photo of this. So yeah. I, uh, luckily we had shot a few. So I ran back and got it and got a picture of him on the next one. But, uh, you know, I've, I've been enjoying this year, um, uh, kind of taking a step back and really just watching my dog with my eyes and, uh, instead of looking through the viewfinder so much. So, um, just trying to mix the, mix the two passions the best I can, but, um, uh, but yeah. So you, so you find just real quick you just kind of sparked another question in my, my head. So you find that even looking through a viewfinder, trying to preserve the memory that sometimes you kind of let memories slide by because you're not just focused in on the the moment you're trying to capture the moment. 
Yeah, I, I feel that way. I don't know whether that's true or not. Uh, but I do, I do feel that like, you know, watching, watching my dog just make a retrieve or work a bird or, you know, do whatever it is that he's doing. Like it does, it feels, feels more pure, like just watching it, you know, myself and like being dialed into him instead of like looking through a little, little square on the back of a machine, you know, that goes click, you know, like it is cool to have that memory. And like, I love that photo of him that I got um, and I'll cherish it forever, but it's definitely, uh, you know, I'll also cherish the memory forever of like watching him just do it, you know, and there's so many more moments that like I don't have on camera, you know, that I didn't get a picture of, especially when we were training, you know, it's just me and him at some pond and it's, you know, 98 degrees outside in the summer. And we're trying to figure out how to get him to go to the other side of the pond, you know, and I wasn't, I wasn't photographing that cause there's nothing special there, but yeah. like, that's the stuff that like, when he comes and lays next to me on the floor at night and, you know, I snuggle up to him. Like, those are the things that I'm like, (laughs) man, we've been through a lot, buddy, you know? So those are the things that like, I, I think about the most. So yeah, it's, uh, I I hear you. That's kind of the excuse I've been given for a few years is just, I want (laughs) to focus in on it. I don't want to worry about pulling out my phone or anything, but bottom line, either way, whether you're, you're shooting the uh, shotgun or shooting the camera, you just got to go out there and and shoot the memories, get, you know, you're not going to get the memory sitting on your couch to get your dog out and enjoy it. And, and hopefully snag a few pictures or at the very least, you know, shoot the bird and, and have a good meal afterwards. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. The last thing I'll say, if you want to get pictures in the field, uh, you can't, you can't get them with your phone in your pocket or your camera in the truck. So um, bring that, bring that thing with you and, and, uh, have it out, wrap it around your neck, put it somewhere where you know you're going to use it. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, lens caps are a lie. You don't need them. They they keep you from getting photos. <laughs> it'll never fail. You'll go to take a picture, and your lens your lens cap is still on. So leave that in the truck too. And and uh, I think I think cameras are tools, and uh, use them like one. So uh, just like your shotgun, you know what I mean. So perfect. So, yeah. There you go. Well, well, Sam, I appreciate it. Thanks for making time, and uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us and our partners on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to contribute even more to the future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Gundog It Yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again in a year. Go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want. If you're considering changing your dog's food soon, then be sure to check out Yukonuba Pro Performance. Their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance. They also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active. When looking at all the different food options, remember Yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Duck's Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. 
I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.